following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. We are back live across Michigan, hour number two on the only show willing to tell like it is. We're all about huge opinions, big name guest. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. In a few moments, Tim Stout from Stout on Sports and our affiliate, the game, 730 a.m. in Lansing, where you can hear the huge show tape delayed weeknight, 6 p.m. until 9 p.m. He'll join us in a few moments. Also, Keith Langloy update on the Pistons, who are chasing... The worst record in the NBA. Tim McCormick, ESPN College Hoops Analyst on Michigan and Michigan State. He'll answer our Bud Light huge question of the day. Who's going to have a deeper run in the Big Ten tournament, Spartans or the Wolverines? You can answer that on the Mercantile Bank listener line at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Mercantile Bank with locations all across the huge network wherever you're listening you're close to a mercantile bank and they value relationships with their customers personal and business banking good people so McCormick will be cool to talk to Jim Comperoni SpartanMag.com on the Spartans win last night and Ron Wiles who's the deputy director of the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police will join us for another True and Blue segment where the huge show salutes the brave men and women who serve and protect us every day. Wednesdays right around 545, the True and Blue segment will feature Ron Wiles, who used to be chief of the Grand Blanc Township Police Department for our listeners on Sports Extra 1330. And speaking of law enforcement, my good friend Johnny Brand Sr., Created Voice for the Badge, which literally he's the lead voice for the badge for men and women in law enforcement across the state. Uh, Like their Facebook and Twitter pages, just search Voice for the Badge. Chuck and Muskegon's listening on 96 won the game out of Grand Rapids. You're on the Huge Show. Huge, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Chuck, what's going on? Um, nothing. Hey, um, did you end up watching the wings at all the last couple nights? Yeah, boy. Hey, I, I, you know, how they were just getting after it and pushing for a playoff spot in the last two nights, it was like they hit the do-over button or restart, right? It was bad well, hockey. Yeah, and you know, um, to be honest with you, I could be wrong about this because I'm not there, but to me, and I've seen a lot of hockey in my day, they played scared. They were looking over their shoulder. They've got no toughness in their lineup. Um, Sherratt is about the only one that will really technically stand up for himself or Asmussen when he's in there. But And, and listen, they've, they've given us a really good season, and I'm very happy with them. I'm just saying that when you know when that gets around, that all you got, you know, they can be pushed around a little bit, and they play in a little bit scared. I mean, that's why, you know, 
I know um, you know you don't want to have a team like they had back in the '80s or '70s, but you know a Giovanni Smith. Uh, I know he's gone now, but like a Witkowski or a Dylan McElrath or somebody in that lineup that when the other team looks down the bench and they see that guy standing there, he's got that look on his face. They need someone, you know, I don't care who it is, but somebody that can, you know, come in and offer some type of toughness. But to see that team get pushed around huge the last two nights made me sick to my stomach. I mean, Kachuk, you know, he runs around there like he's uh, Bob Probert, and, you know, nobody's going to do anything because they don't have, you know, they don't have that type of team, and they shouldn't have that type of team. But I'm just saying I would just – and, you know, I'm sure they're going to address that in time, but they've got to have an element of toughness in that lineup or, you know, or it's, I mean, anytime they, especially when they play Ottawa, they're just going to get pushed around. It really was disheartening to see the, you know, you got, you shouldn't, guys like Sider shouldn't have to stick up for themselves. We don't need him fighting and have him hurt. You know, it just, you know, maybe that's the way I saw it, but I just wanted to pass that along because I was really upset with how they, how they reacted both nights on the road like that really yeah. kind of got me. Well, thank you, Chuck. I appreciate you listening to Muskegon on 96 won the game out of Grand Rapids. We had Ken Cal on the show. Was that yesterday? And he said that they're not built for these must-win games and playoff-type hockey. They're just not. And you can see it. They're young. They're small for the most part. A lot of Europeans. And that toughness and fighting isn't part of it. So that's a balance that Stevie Y is going to need to figure out. But like I said, the Wings resume gives them a, a long window to rebuild. And I don't think they've completely stepped back. But man, when you look at the Tigers, when you look at the Pistons, and we'll talk to Keith Langloy later, there's a lot of work to do. There, you know, Tigers, a year ago, people were thinking they could uh, contend for a wild card spot. Now you're back to talking about two to three years on a re-rebuild. Uh, the Wings, we were, hey, man, you know, Monday to start the show. Look, they're five points out of a playoff spot, and they just get embarrassed by Ottawa. They're not there. Pistons aren't there. Even with K, they're not there. They don't play any defense. Like I had that Bud Light huge question of the day yesterday, who's the closest to the playoffs? It's the Lions. It is. Tim Stout, Stout on Sports. From the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. Weekday mornings at 10 a.m. Huge show. Weeknights at 6 p.m. on a tape-delayed basis on a.m. 7.30 in Lansing. Timmy, standing by. How you doing, my friend? Good, Bill. How are you today? Good to talk to you. Good. I stayed up. I, I, I like the late games. You know, I can take care of things. The kids settle down, and I can uh, watch them live and uh First 12 minutes, I'm like, oh, my God, State's in trouble. I don't know if they're going to win another game this season. And then right before halftime, that seven, six, seven minutes, it kind of got a little groove. And the second half, they played their best half of the year. Well, that's basketball. That's a Big Ten. I was not surprised. I had a friend text me when they were down 37-22, and he said, who wins? And I said, no sweat. State wins this. I thought it'd be closer than 13 points. And I always say, Bill, in athletic competition, when you have these types of games where it's one-sided, then it goes the other way, then it goes back, it isn't just one team winning or losing. I think it takes two to tango. And you got to have everybody contribute to this. you got to have Nebraska playing no defense whatsoever in the second half. And I think the only reason State struggled in the first half is they just missed shots. And uh, in the second half, they went in. But Nebraska, when I watch them, I say to myself, how in the world did they ever win eight games in the Big Ten? 
but they have. And uh, I mean, I'm I don't buy all the rhetoric every single year about how this is a greatest conference, top to bottom in America. Every coach says that about every conference. I discard all that stuff and just use like anybody else. Take your own opinion. And uh, although this is a year I don't think anybody stands out anywhere so that it's that wide open. And frankly, I think Nebraska's got the record that it had simply because they can now play with other teams where they couldn't before because there aren't any other standout teams. That wasn't as a bigger shock to me last night, though, as watching the first game. I mean, the last time I'd seen Indiana, they went to Purdue and won by eight to sweep them during the season. Then they go to Indiana last night. They won by 22. Iowa did. And I could have gone to DraftKings, and if you'd offered me uh, Indiana at home at 21 points, I think I might have put a few dollars down on that. Then I would have lost. So figuring this stuff out, I think, is really tough to do. And speaking of trying to figure things out, and we've seen the ups and downs in game in this season, or in season for both Michigan and Michigan State, the question I'm throwing out to the audience today, who's going to have a deeper Big Ten tourney run, Michigan or Michigan State? Well, Without copping out, I guess I'd kind of like to see what the matchups are. I mean, I think the Big Ten tournament is absolutely, with, with except for those on the bottom, except for five teams, say, on the bottom, I think the thing's wide open. I, I mean, I, I, I kind of got to know who everybody's going to play. The other thing is, Bill, I think the only thing I think is a team that's going to win a Big Ten tournament will be the team that only has to play three games. I think four is I think four is a moat in the middle between game three and four for anybody that's got to do it. So, you know, Michigan theoretically could still be the number two seed. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Michigan's going to win a game this week. I think they'll come close, but I just do not see them you know, winning those two road games. Although after you watch Indiana last night, you'd probably say to yourself, well, why not? But you know Indiana's going to play better at home than what they did last night. I I think both of them are like every other Big Ten team. There are times they both really play well. And then there are times they both play awful, okay? The difference which makes it a mystery is these games coming up are going to be on a neutral floor. There's no home court or road court advantage or disadvantage. And we haven't seen them play in that setting all year against each other in conference play. And it's in Chicago. So nobody's going to get kind of a, you know, an advantage, in my opinion, there. Other than the fact that the bottom five or so, I throw out right away those teams that don't, you know, that don't play early on. I don't think they've got a shot. They might win a game or two, and that's it. If State plays like it did in the second half and shoots that well, well, you know, if Iowa shoots like it has shot the last two games, well, look out. But is Iowa going to shoot like it did three or four games previously, where they didn't make anything? I, I, it's it's amazing to me because I think the analysis this year, especially in this Big Ten men's tournament, is really tough to figure simply because of the location being on a neutral floor and in the regular season, Big Ten games are not played on neutral floors. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you that it will be when we see the Big Ten tourney bracket and looking at the updated standings. Purdue thirteen and five, they have at least a tie for the Big Ten regular season title. Maryland eleven and seven, Northwestern eleven seven, and there's Michigan. You know, where Michigan's the last one in on Palms bracketology. We're talking about them on the bubble, and they have a realistic shot at finishing second in the Big Ten. 
Right, but his bracketology to me is way premature because he's either going to be dead on right because they're going to have a good week or it's not going to make any difference because they'll lose two. And then the only way that they can get in that I see it is by winning the Big Ten tournament. So, I mean, when, when those bracket things come out, I say, well, yeah, that's all great, but look at the games that are ahead. There's a value in there as to whether they're going to get in or get out depending on how they do with what they have left. Well, Michigan's got a tough schedule left. Now, they can take advantage of it. If they win, you know, you and me and Paul, baby makes three. I mean, we all know that they're going to get in if they win two against those two teams on the road. If they win one, well, then it gets a little dicier because then how do you do in the Big Ten tournament? I I, it's, I just think, I mean, even the Purdue's case, Bill, I'm not convinced Purdue's going to win at Wisconsin tomorrow. I mean, they, you know, they just got beat at home again. They've struggled in the last two weeks or so. You know Wisconsin's going to play like crazy at home in that game. Wisconsin played pretty well at Ann Arbor, I thought, and hung in and hung in and hung in, and they'll play hard. And then uh, I think Purdue could go home Sunday and win on senior day against Illinois, but I'd rather play somebody other than Illinois because that team's so crazy. They'll either get beat by 20 or win by 15, and uh, and that's how nuts it is. The only thing that's definitive is the next game Purdue wins gives it the outright Big Ten title in a year when there's been enormous parity and in a year where you've got the champion that will have lost at least five of the 20 games, and I don't think that happens very often. So how many, when it's all said and done, will hear their name from the Big Ten on Selection Sunday for the NCAA Tournament? Well, I think the Big Ten gets a tremendous amount of positive publicity, Bill, in a variety of ways. So every single year for them, you know, they get usually eight or nine. Now, the reality is only three of them currently are ranked in the top 25. So that, to me, shows that, you know, that there is not a standout team. But again, to me, there is a lot of parity across America. I can't possibly fathom nine. I would think this is more like eight. I think what's more interesting, especially in Michigan State's case, is where is it going to get seeded? Uh, because they're going to probably beat Ohio State. One would think that they could have a reasonable Big Ten run if they don't go into those lapses. So if they get to 20 wins, you know, where do you seed them? Are you seed them on the basis of 11 losses? Or do you seed them on the basis as to how they finished the season and where they started to play, you know, with the exception of the end of the Iowa game and the end of the Michigan game a little bit better? I think, I think that's going to be interesting. And if there's any way State could get to a sixth seed, that means the second game on the first weekend, providing they win the first one, to me would be much more attainable for them because I do think either the seven or the eight, nine, you really got to play well in that game, uh, you know, to advance and have somewhat of an upset. But I wouldn't want to play him either, Bill. I think State's always a hassle to play. You really don't know what you're going to get other than the fact they're going to play their brains out. They're going to play with depth. They're not going to quit. They're going to hang in, hang in, hang in. And even if you get them down, like last night, they can come back because what is what they do, uh, which is kind of the fun and the intrigue of the tournament, you know, moving forward. You know, I was going through the Big Ten standings that if you're going to just take eight, and I agree with you, you have Purdue, Maryland, Northwestern, Michigan, Indiana, Iowa, Illinois, Michigan State would be your eight right now. Rutgers has a great net 32. They'd be out. Penn State would be out. Wisconsin would be out. So I think you're looking at and why Michigan's games at Illinois and at Indiana are important because Indiana now is an 11 and 8 team that, you know, you're, you're looking at Penn State and or Michigan. I think Rutgers net will help them. Illinois loses to Michigan. They could be 
put on the bubble. There's some really interesting dynamics here. Iowa and Michigan are closing late. Uh, Michigan's won their last three. Iowa, the last two over Michigan State and Indiana. They look like they weren't going to the tournament when they're down 13 with 90 seconds to go. So still another weekend and the Big Ten tournament to try and figure this out for the NCAA tourney. Oh, it's wide open. I mean, so today some guy presses me on if you had a dark horse for the Big Ten tournament, who would you come up with? Well, I don't know who you could even call the favorite, mm. to be perfectly honest I agree. with you. How, however, I said, you know, throw in Maryland. Just just because Maryland's got athletes, that coach is dead serious. They've improved from a slow start. Michigan State didn't have to play at Maryland. Maryland's very good at home. There, you never know on the road with them. But I said, if you got to throw somebody in there, you know, let's take a look and see what Maryland can do. But I tell you, Bill, I, I mean, I, I don't necessarily put Michigan or Michigan State, especially Michigan State, out of it. It's just, you know, remember back in January, all I heard from the Big Ten, I were, oh my golly, this Rutgers team. I mean, they are the best, second best team in the league, and they're moving up and Rutgers, Rutgers, Rutgers. But look, now they won't make the tournament. I mean, the ups and downs for every single one of the, even Northwestern, okay, they had a great little run, but, you know, they then their schedule got tougher. Now they got Penn State at home next on senior night. If they don't win that, they got another brutal road game to end it. So at the best, I see them finishing at one and one. I mean, they'll go into the tournament, get, you know, seated six, seven, whatever it's going to be, win a game or whatever, and then they'll be done, and that ends the season and all that. But this will be an intriguing Big Ten tournament because I don't even think you can call Purdue an overwhelming favorite. The games are not in Indianapolis nearby. They're in Chicago. And you just wonder, has Purdue kind of hit a wall? And Purdue's going to go into that Big Ten tournament off of two very difficult games at Wisconsin and against Illinois at home. They're not playing the easiest teams, and I don't know how well they match up against either one. And for Illinois' sake, too, Bill, Illinois could really use a win at Purdue, in my opinion, to put itself in a far more advantageous position, not only in the Big Ten tournament, but the NCAA tournament. They've all looked great at times. You know, and then you saw Illinois the other day, as well as they played at times, Ohio State beat them, and Illinois made 6 out of 29 shots from three-point. I mean, so who's going to show up for these games? You tell me, because I'll tell you what, it's a mystery to me. Tim Stout's never a mystery because he's on air weekday mornings, 10 a.m. Stout on sports on the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. You see him on TV, Lansing State Journal. Huge show is tape delayed and airs weeknights Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. until 9 p.m. on the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. Tim, always good stuff when we talk. Look forward to our next conversation. Absolutely, Bill. Keep up the great work. Talk to you soon. All right, Tim Stout, Stout on Sports, joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with Michigan State University Athletics. On the way, Keith Langloy, an update on the Pistons and the NBA. Also about 40 minutes away from ESPN College Hoops analyst Tim McCormick on Michigan and Michigan State and March Madness. It is the month of March, which means we talk to McCormick, Jim Comperoni, SpartanMeg.com on MSU's fabulous second half last night in Lincoln. And Ron Wiles, former police chief, Grand Blanc Township Police Department, now deputy director of the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. He'll join us for our weekly True Blue segment at the end of today's show. If you want to join in our Bud Light Huge Question of the Day, who do you think has a better Big Ten tournament run, Spartans or the Wolverines? You can answer on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. 
from Petoskey to Detroit. This show is huge. Life as a grown-up. Not what you thought it would be, right? The meetings, the stress, the boredom, and that one big question. Does any of this matter? Then you became a cop. Not what you thought it would be, right? The pride, the honor, the love for the brothers and sisters who served with you. The family who reminds you how much you matter. Being a cop, not what you thought, right? Just what you needed, I guess. Visit michiganpolicechiefs.org. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at roastumber.com. Hey, Michigan, let's go big. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking real big-time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app. Eagle Casino and Sports. Sign up now and get up to $1,500. That's right. We'll match your first two deposits for up to $1,500 plus 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Huge here with a reminder for everybody to join Van Andel Institute Purple Community and the Grand Rapids Griffins for the Purple Game on Friday, March 10th at Van Andel Arena in downtown GR to benefit cancer awareness. Find out more at VAI.org. That's VAI.org. Get more for your money this week at Meyer. Right now, when you buy six select items, you'll save $3, including Prego Pasta Sauce, Dan and Light and Fit, or Oikos Greek Yogurt, and Meyer Food Storage Bags. Plus, Coca-Cola or Pepsi products are buy six, save $3, plus deposit where applicable. And pay the same low Meyer prices no matter how you shop, in-store or online. Get more for your money at Meyer. Exclusion Supply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Have you been to a Grand Rapids Gold basketball game yet inside Van Andel Arena? They're the Denver Nuggets G League team, and they feature talent from Kentucky, Baylor, Stanford, Duke, and more. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com or the Van Andel Arena box office. And don't forget their home game specials. Tuesdays, two-for-one tickets. Thursdays, $2 beers and $2 dogs. And the Sunday Family 4-Pack. Get four tickets and a $20 concession voucher for only 50 bucks. Get your Grand Rapids Gold tickets now. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. back live across Michigan, something we do each and every day, 3 until 6 p.m. Remember, you can listen to the free stream at thehugeshow.net. On the iHeart app, search The Huge Show, and you can listen live weekday afternoons at 3. Anywhere in the world where you have mobile service, if you have the iHeart app, just search The Huge Show. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer, he tells me our good friend Keith Langloy, Pistons.com, Pistons MBA. Insider, he's standing by in the Meyer guest line. How you doing, Keith? I'm doing well. How, you, how are you? It's been a minute. Yeah, it has, man. And, uh, you know, the Pistons, like even the Wings a little bit, especially the last two games, the Tigers, you know, a lot of optimism, then come injuries, and the team stepping back and trying to figure out, is this a reload, another 
uh, rebuild? Uh, if you get Cade, you get everybody healthy. How much of a difference does that make? Uh, what's your analysis of the team right now, and also when we look ahead to next season? Yeah, well, you know, I, I know we've talked about this before, but I, I, I think you really have to, to look at the numbers to appreciate how young and inexperienced this team is. They've got four starters, 21 or younger, and that doesn't include Kate, Kate Cunningham, who's also 21. Um, you know, you look at Michigan and Michigan State starting five. I think Michigan State's got three guys, 22 or 23, and same with Michigan. They're a painfully young team and 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 have have put the ball in the hands of young guards, and that's that's uh, it's very really tough to win in the NBA. You know, I mean, Magic Johnson won as a rookie point guard, but he had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So I, you just and I go back that far because it's really hard to find examples of teams as young as this with young guards that 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 win. Now, you know, when you look at the bigger picture, and I I, I really felt honestly on draft night. When and when Troy Weaver's been doing this for 20 years, and you know he was part of the front office in Oklahoma City when they drafted. I think I don't think he was there for the Durant draft, but he was there for the they they, they drafted MVPs in three consecutive years, and Troy Weaver was there for the for the second two of those, and he came out of draft night saying he, he didn't really he he never had quite a night like he had on draft night when he you know got got Jaden Ivey at five and and then made the trade. With the draft pick for that they got the day before for Jeremy Grant, so but if you look at it, they traded their leading scorer last year for a draft pick that was turned into the youngest player in the NBA, and that youngest player in the NBA, a guy I really expected on draft night. Of course, they still had Kelly Olynyk there, and they had a lot of, of, of big men. I really expected Jalen Duran to spend the first couple of months going back and forth, and then and getting you know a handful of G League games, and that just never happened. He became their starting center. The center's a you know kind of the defensive quarterback of a team, and that goes a long way to explain they've had some real defensive issues this year. I think they're twenty eighth in defense, and you know that 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 again goes hand in hand with a young team. It's just there there's a there are a lot of complexities to NBA defensive schemes, and you're gotten you know when you're playing four games a day, you're absorbing all kinds of of scouting reports. You have to learn NBA personnel to know who and what you're guarding. And, you know, I, I, it's a long way of saying that I, I know no one expected or, or hoped for 15 and 47, but I don't think it's shocking, especially when you factor in 12 games into the season, they lost the guy who really is the face of this rebuilding in Cade Cunningham. So, you know, I think next season they're going to have somewhere close to $40 million in cap space. They're going to have another high draft pick. And more importantly than anything, they're going to have a year under their belt for all those 21 and under starters that we talked about. Plus, you know, they're breaking in James Wiseman, the fruit of the trade deadline. And, and that's another, you know, intriguing piece going forward who could be a part of, of turning this thing around. Keith Langloy, Pistons.com, NBA Pistons Insider, joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. Yeah, I look at a healthy Kate. So let's just say he plays point or Ivy or they go back and forth. There's your backcourt. Bogdanovich, one of the better shooters in the league at small forward. You need some veteran presence there. And Wiseman, his pickup creates an interesting scenario. I don't know if Duran can swing over and play the four, but you have Stu, you have Duran, you have Wiseman, who, again, big men just, you know, there aren't a lot of them in the NBA anymore. And if you can get Cunningham, and then the most important thing, when I say Cunningham and Ivy and Bogdanovich and Stu and Duran or even Alec, 
uh, Burks and Wiseman, they have got to find a way to play more defense. It, it's so it, they don't even look like they're attempting it half the time. Yeah, and but they, but they do have a hole on the roster now, and it was exacerbated by by trading Sadiq Bay. You know, we try, talked about they traded Jeremy Grant. They've got they've got you know if you if, if you look at their depth chart, they've got guards now, and when especially when Cunningham comes back. Uh, Cunningham, Ivy, you know, Killian Hayes turned a corner this year. Um, hopefully he finishes the season strong. And they've got big men. And, you know, the, the three you mentioned, plus Marvin Bagley, who's still only, I think he's 23, going on 24, coming off two double-doubles after taking two months off. So they need some they need some wings. And, uh, you know, and, and if they get a couple of athletic wings via the draft, via free agency, via trade, the, those guys are really, you know, the, those guys are like, that that's what everybody's looking for this year. That's or in this era of the NBA. That's the holy grail. Those are the playmakers, and those are the. And then you need guys to defend them, and then that that's really the next step right now for the Pistons to kind of complete the roster. They feel they've got their guards. They feel they've got their front court. Um, still a lot of development of young guys in both in both those spots. But it's clear now that the, the hole in the roster is they need some guys in that six six to six eight range. They've got. Um, you know they've got Isaiah Livers and uh, and they've got Bogdanovich and you know Cade six six he's 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 more of a of a guard than a wing but he can certainly Cade's a good defender a smart defender uh, he can guard those guys you can play three guard lineups with him he gives you a lot of lineup flexibility but yeah there's no question the off season plan is <laughs> has to include we need to address the wing um, just because that's the obvious spot on the roster but it's also going to make them a more complete and whole defensive team. Yeah, and the question is, because they're tied for the second-worst record uh, in the NBA right now, you're going to get a high draft pick unless you get totally jacked in the lotto. But uh, and, and do you get that wing uh, from the cab money you're going to have available? Do you take another young guy? I mean, that, that's – yeah, I get you're getting another high draft pick, but that's another young guy. And at what point does this all mature into a team that can be competitive, right? Right, absolutely. You know, um, so here's the thing. You know, they flatten the lottery out. So even if you have one of the three worst records, you still only have a 14% chance of getting the number one pick, and roughly a 26, 27% chance getting of getting the top two pick. But let's say the Pistons do get one of the top two picks. Well, it's pretty clear who the top two picks are going to be. One's a big man, seven four, Victor Wembanyama, and one's a point guard. So you still haven't addressed the wing issue. You would happily take that. You're, you definitely would take the guy who's going to be, who projects to be an all-star and potentially a superstar and a Hall of Famer over getting a six-eight guy just because you need a six-eight guy. But that then then it becomes clear that the forty million dollars or roughly in cap space that you're going to have will be dedicated to addressing that piece of the roster. You're also getting to a point where you've got a lot of young players. You know, it, the roster is completely turned over since Troy Weaver got here. He did that in a little over a year on the job. It's a really young roster. At some point, you know, the it, the pecking order becomes clear, and now you're going to be you're going to be combining assets, you're going to be trading assets to address, you know, and then to to address roster needs, but also to make yourself a, a more competitive team. There comes a point, and I always I always believed it was going to be. I never thought it was going to be this season. You know, by in the in the and the and the arc of NBA rebuilds, this one is still not very far along. Year four uh, was always a more realistic target. I think that is a more realistic target. 
I think, um, and I, and I think you look around the East now, there's a lot of teams, there aren't a lot of, there's a lot of teams in, everybody, almost everybody's in contention for the playoffs. There's nobody that, that's really, Boston and Milwaukee are at the top of the league, but there's a lot of teams that, if you make a leap in, in, in one off season with, with the resources the Pistons have, you can catch them in, in one off season. So I think next, I think it's still realistic to expect to go into next season contending for bigger things. It's almost like the Wiseman Duran thing. I'm saying you got, uh, you got the two best young centers in the game. I mean, you really do uh, right now and uh, you get Cade back. You just play defense, play some defense. I know the NBA isn't built on defense right now, but. Yeah, the stockpile of top talent, and I do agree with pieces that can be moved. You go look at Sadiq Bey as a perfect example. You know, a year ago we're thinking this guy's going to be a three-point sharpshooter for 10 years in Detroit, and he's gone the next year. That's how it happened. So they're going to start that flip, and I think they've built the assets where this offseason will accelerate things to a point. Would you agree or disagree on that? Oh, absolutely. I think it's going to be an eventful offseason again. Um uh, you know, I, when when they executed the Wiseman trade, Troy said, "Look, you know, said this was a good a, a guy who we think he's got a very high end potential. How they all fit, I, we don't know. We'll have to find that out. They've got 20 games left this season, and he said, you know, we get it's up, it's up to us to to, to devise some schemes, some high low actions to make use of all these big guys. But you know, he cited that the the top four teams in the East, Milwaukee." Boston, Philadelphia, and Cleveland. The Pistons hadn't beaten any of those teams because they're all they're they're all teams with, you know, accepted. Philly plays plays Embiid. They really don't use two bigs. Uh, the other ones all do. And and the, but but the Pistons are. I mean, you look at at the size of their big guys now. They they could really, you know, it's like the old Moneyball thing. There was a the Oakland A's found a market inefficiency for teams that weren't valuing high on base percentage guys. The NBA has kind of devalued centers and. And the Pistons are going all in on big guys, thinking they they can you know exploit a market inefficiency. And now it's going to be on them to develop those young players, and then on the coaching staff to devise schemes that that can maximize you know the the, the talent on the roster. But yeah, they're going to it's going to things are going to look different next season. I don't know how, um, but you know they're going to be four or five new faces on this team next year, and uh, and it's going to be the God. They feel like they have foundation in place to build around that and and with and then add some experience onto that and i think that they will fully operate this summer as if they expect to compete for for a a playoff next season keith langwell you can follow him pistons.com pistons nba insider check it in on the meyer guest sign keith good to catch up with you i will talk hoop soon thanks bill anytime all right keith langwell check it in on the meyer guest sign and meyer proud to be Longtime partners with your Detroit Pistons. More hoops in about 30 minutes. Tim McCormick, ESPN College basketball analyst on Michigan and Michigan State. How will they finish their seasons? Regular season, Big Ten tournament, and the NCAA tournament all in March. Tim McCormick in about 30 minutes. Jim Comperoni, SpartanMeg.com on Izzo and the Spartans win last night. In Lincoln and Ron Wiles will be our featured guest, our weekly True and Blue segment presented by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. He's deputy director of the MACP, a former police chief for the Grand Blanc Township Police Department. For our listeners on Sports Extra 1330, we'll hear from Ron. And by the way, if you're looking for a career 
in law enforcement, uh, stop by your local uh, police department. Just Google them. Google the city you live in. I'm hearing upwards of 4,000 openings in law enforcement statewide in Michigan right now. And from a local perspective, here on the west side of the state, Johnny Brand Sr. started Voice for the Badge years ago, and he is the lead voice for men and women in law enforcement. Uh, Follow their Facebook and Twitter pages. Just search Voice for the Badge. To the callers online, Michigan will hear you next. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. A pair of huge games this coming Friday and Saturday at Van Amber Arena with playoff implications as the Griffins take on the Iowa Wild. Friday night's $2 beers and $2 dogs. Saturday is Star Wars night, presented by DTE. Get tickets now at griffinshockey.com. Huge here for my good friend Tom Rosenbach. Now he's a managing partner at Bean Garter. They are one of America's top accounting and business firms, and they're stronger than ever before with their new partnership with Dorn Mayhew from the east side of Michigan. If you're a small business, big business, and you're looking for the professionals who can help your business on any tax or business need you have, go to beangarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. And we're close to March Madness. So be looking for our huge bracket challenge where you could win big cash, courtesy of Tom Rosenbach and his team from Bean Garter. We'll have more details in the coming weeks. But if you're a business decision maker or owner and you're looking for professionals to help your business, contact Tom Rosenbach and his team at Bean Garter. B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. We play for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass at IU Superfly Hayes, my producer uses it i can get my suv washed as often as i like for one low price you can sign up today just go to mrcarwash.com or stop by your local mr car wash location here in michigan for the one close to you and to get that unlimited pass go to mrcarwash.com at mercantile bank we believe supporting the communities we serve is a vital part of who we are our team is here to make a positive impact a real difference and we're always looking for leaders to join our team because we're not just a bank we're a partner here to support what matters most come grow with us visit mercbank.com to learn more and let's support our community together mercantile bank member fdic equal opportunity employer you're listening to the huge show on the michigan sports network The 
Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer on a Wednesday broadcast presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. A lot of winter sports championships, girls district play underway, boys next week. You got ice hockey, swimming and diving, individual wrestling finals this weekend at Ford Field. Competitive cheer in Mount Pleasant. Gymnastics and more. Uh, for the complete listing of all the championships and locations and tickets, go to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, MHSAA on Facebook. If you can make it to the winter championship play or events, MHSAA.tv live and on demand, boys and girls, high school playoff action. And also into the spring at MHSAA.TV. You can watch it. Can't make it out. Except the wrestling finals this weekend when they do it with all the mats laid down across Ford Field. Boys and girls finals. All classes. That will be an epic event at Ford Field this weekend in downtown Detroit with the Michigan High School Athletic Association Individual Wrestling State Championships. And good luck to everybody. It's pretty cool. We're all proud parents, uncles, aunts, grandfathers, grandmas, brothers, sisters. We all are. We all talk about our kids. I think I have a pretty good perspective on my children. I get excited. Sometimes I'm more excited about their sports than they are. Just because I'm proud of them, right? And by the way, I did get word that Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern Superfly added their week one opener. They will travel to North Branch near the Thumb and take on a powerhouse North Branch program that was 8-2 and two last year. Playing a strong conference with like Almont, Armada, Imlay City, and more. Those road trips are great. And by the luck of scheduling... Grand Evans Forest Hills Eastern only have three home games. They got to play six on the road. They have a really strong team. Next two years should be really special for Forest Hills Eastern. So I don't know if some teams didn't want to play them, right? Because you know they have a loaded squad. So when you roll into like a small town like North Branch and the, and the Friday night lights mean something to that city and you're the opposition rolling in and they don't know about Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern and Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern doesn't know about North Branch. See, I got it mixed up. I thought North Branch was north of Midland. So then when Coach Swander does a great job with the Forest Hills Eastern program, said it's North Branch, I just Googled it, and then there, it was like, I'm glad I didn't get on the road going, yeah, going to the game. I've been up by Beaverton, which is my favorite city in Michigan. I tried to push for a Beaverton Open, but that didn't happen, so they're playing North Branch. But then I did a little you know, research, and I saw that North Branch football followed me, so I, I think they can hear us on Sports Extra 1330. I was looking at the coverage maps of our affiliates, and I believe that the people of North Branch can hear us on Sports Extra 1330 out of Flint. I'm quite sure. So that's cool. That's week one. Hey, it's March. Before you know it, right? Kids are going to be out of... High school seniors have like 10 weeks left in school. 
That's it. Most seniors get out that second week of May. Like 10 weeks. And then the high school football workouts and everything begin the first week of June. I'll say this. More high school sports need to follow the dedication of their top programs in their schools and how they do it and how they build it. Because Coach Swander has built a great culture at Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern. You look at Lowell. They've won 10 straight team wrestling championships. 10 straight. There, there's a model for success. Man, 10 straight. I think all schools should look at their best programs. It doesn't always have to be football. It could be baseball. It could be wrestling. You know, Grand Rapids, Forest Hills, Eastern, Ian Hearn, they won the D2 state championship in baseball. They, they have a team that literally could win four in a row, four state titles. It's about culture. It's about building a program. And parents who demand that sometimes are taken as crazy parents, but in essence, you're just wanting the best for all the kids. 24-7, everything you need with this show is at thehugeshow.net, and also just search The Huge Show, where you download podcast. Big. Bad. Huge.